this is the education show unlocking opportunities in teaching and learning through collaboration proudly brought to you by zabuza.net once more it is the education show and the theme over the last little while has been emotional wellness well-being we may even sort of touch on something called EQ. Uh, and the best person I think should do that is a gentleman by the name of Charles Marriott, and he is part of NaledyShine.org. Hello to you, Charles. Good morning, David. How are you doing? Good. It's fantastic to have you on the show with us. I am intrigued, though, because in, in, not just in this show, but in, in the rest of my, my life with what I do as well, this topic has been coming up more and more, that the topic of emotional well-being, of growing self, of improving self. In this time of such digital change and everybody's going digital crazy, the theme has been to me about people becoming more human and more comfortable in their skin. Is this something that, that aligns with what you guys are doing? David, you're right on the money. This couldn't be closer to the heart of what the Lily program's about. The, the assumption we work on is that uh, if people are going to perform well, whether it's a digital age or an analog age, they have to be comfortable with who they are. Otherwise, things like digital becomes a reason to disengage. So emotional intelligence or emotional well-being, we would say, is foundational to anybody, whether it's as a parent or as a, a teenager or in the workplace. If we want people to perform to their potential, their emotional selves has to be in a solid place. And, and that, that makes absolute sense to me. If you don't mind, Charles, tell me a little bit about your background and how did you get to this, this wonderful project that you are sure. running? Absolutely. Yeah, I was a high school teacher for 17 years. So I came from the UK via Zimbabwe and arrived in um, Johannesburg in 95 and taught in private education through to 2008. And for quite a while, especially in the last sort of five years of teaching, I realized that uh, teaching people Shakespeare as an English teacher and various other academic things um, felt not quite an irrelevance, but that there was a huge slice of the learning process that was missing, which was about helping young people to talk about life and about um, themselves. Because when we got onto that topic once in a while, suddenly students came alive like they never did when they had to put their head in a book. And so it's, been a journey to realize actually that there's a whole slice of the learning process that's missing. Life orientation has been an attempt to address that by, uh, in a systemic way, but it, it actually ended up being a bit of a filler. And, you know, if we have a teacher and he doesn't have a full timetable, we give him a little bit of a hello. Um, so yeah, my background is really about moving from trying to give people academic results to saying, why not help them to become high-performing South African citizen, and out of that, they can then become an academic performer or a very um, competent person in the social sense or in whatever field they, fit, they want to go into. I think that is so important. And for a long time now, I've said a couple of things that we're missing in our, in our education system is teaching youngsters entrepreneurial processes, entrepreneurial thinking, because I firmly believe that small businesses, medium businesses are the future of our country, but you can't do that unless you've got that emotional background um, and you learn things like uh, leadership, resilience, diversity, those kind of things. Uh, this is where you guys come in. 
you are, yeah, it's very weird. The dots are gradually getting closer and closer. So whether it be on this platform and others, people are gradually saying, I, I want to stick with the, the first uh, um, field that you touched on, which is entrepreneurial behavior. No one's going to sell anything unless they believe in themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they say it's a sort of entrepreneurial training 101 is the first, the first thing you sell is yourself. There's 25 brands of baked beans out there. So why do we choose one brand over another? And largely it's because of the person who's selling. And so this is a general message for life is that if we want to create a healthier economic environment in South Africa, we first need to work with self. So we say <clears throat> self-development creates a wealth of mindset and that wealth, wealthy sort of mindset then can lead to economic growth. And there needs to be a very clear understanding that the two correlate to each other. We can't hope to make money if we don't have an inner sense that we are valuable. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the amazing thing is I do a lot of uh, training with a company called the Sales Institute. And there's a right. lot of talk these days about cutting edge technology and the new method of selling. And one of the things that I've always maintained is that we are all selling all of the time, number one. And number two, people buy from people. You know, you could, you could have, you know, the, 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 the fanciest widget in the world. But if you don't have that likability factor, that, that ability to communicate, it's dead in the water. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Is, um, yeah, they, they, they say that, like I say, you are the brand, you are the product. And it sort of pretty much ends there. So I, I couldn't agree more. I think if I say anything more, I'm just going to repeat what you've said. But the, the truth of the matter is, David, why we're in business and why I think we'll be doing this until the day I die is that a large percentage of South Africa for historical reasons and all sorts of other reasons don't have that in a sense that they are, they're okay. Life has done them a bad turn and they've internalized the message that they sort of carry this heavy load of shame. And it's pretty difficult to go out there and present yourself as credible if you have this sort of message inside that's gnawing away at you to say, it's not going to happen. I'm not good enough. So yeah, the likability is, is the sort of final result, if you like, but not necessarily first likability that you like yourself because no one really likes or loves anybody who doesn't first make peace with themselves. And, you know, it, it, it almost sounds like, like um, each of us are preaching to the choir here, but it is so, yeah, yeah. so vitally important. My big eye opener was a good few years ago, um, my mentor was a, a gentleman by the name of David Patient. And um, mm. they, were, they were doing a program. He was one of the longest surviving people in the world with HIV. And they were doing a program uh, on age education and going into schools and, and teaching the youngsters about this. And a lot of the people that came back to us, which floored us, it knocked us flat on our backs, was they were like, it's all good and well telling us about a disease that may kill us in 5, 10, 15, or 20 years. But that has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that I could get raped or mugged or murdered tomorrow going to school. And what came out is that these kids had just literally given up because they had no compelling vision of the future. And to my understanding, that's probably gotten worse over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, people. The, um the why, I'm going to quote Simon Sinek here, if we don't have a clear sense of why we're getting up in the morning, then really everything else doesn't seem to work. Um, so a very, very big part of what we're doing is to try and relight the fire inside teenagers and you know, youth goes up to 35, so we're also working with people who are training to be teachers or in the workplace in terms 
that what we're seeing all over the place is a desire to believe. And that, that's not an easy way, you know, that's not an easy thing to answer that problem. So I, I couldn't agree more is that the, the need for agency, internal agency is growing by the day. The, the, the pressures aren't going away in a hurry. And so fortunately, our reason to exist is just growing and growing. And the evidence suggests that what we're doing is speaking to a very, very big need. Indeed you are. Now, now talk to me a little bit at, at, about Naledi. Um, your vision is, is you, you are looking for emotionally strong South Africans that are value-based, goal-focused, that deliver sustainable social and economic value for themselves and then others as well. Yes. Um, so my understanding is you'd like to know a little bit more about what the program looks like. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. What are, what are, what are yes. we talking about? Sure. Sure. So typically we are working with um, anywhere from grade sixes right through to grade 12s. That's our sort of core target because we're saying the earlier we catch South Africans, the better chance we have of sort of, like I say, reigniting that fire and getting them on a different trajectory so that they can sort of fulfill their potential. Our, our, our original problem statement was to say, why is it that young people do not seem to perform to their potential? And so we're trying to answer that question. And it looks like in the form of a series of up to six workshops, we work in typically on Saturdays, trying to compete with all the other things that happen on Saturdays, including funerals. And we run a series of six workshops followed by group coaching. So the workshops are typically anywhere between 20 and 30 young people with a couple of facilitators who enable them in various fun activity ways to talk about themselves and start to get comfortable talking about themselves. And then the group life coaching is saying, let's ask you to say, how are you going to build a plan based on the learning that you've achieved from the workshops? And we like to believe that the coaching is the game changer. There is a lot of money spent in the training field in South Africa, and I'm sure you're aware of this, that doesn't seem to get a return on the investment. People go for workshops, they love what they experience, and then they go back and within perhaps 48 hours, they've forgotten everything they've learned, and it's uh, business as usual. So what we believe is coaching is required to say, you need to commit to change, but you need to decide what that small plan will be. And to give you a simple example is we're not asking them to come up with huge strategies, but rather to say, a key component of my life which is not working is my relationship, let's say, with a sister or a mother. And coaching says, okay, so what's the next step that's going to help rebuild that? And we know that when relationships work better, they perform better at school because they have more of a reason to want to go to school because there's more of a solid platform. So it's a combination of workshops and coaching. And one other thing we do is we also train people. Uh, part of my dream is that we have... 20 or 30,000 South Africans out there who have a coaching ability because uh, what we say about coaching is that we are helping people to help themselves. We do not believe that old-fashioned, top-down learning processes are really working. We need to get young people to take ownership and therefore that ownership turns into agency. And if they have that agency, they can go out and take charge of their lives and be proactive citizens. That, that's, I, I'm blown away because if I go back to, to my experience in the sales, uh, sales field, that has been right. one of my biggest, biggest problems is we go there, we do a one day, a two day, four day, whatever the, the, the period of the training is. And while it's running, everybody's motivated, everybody's fired up. They go, yes, 
all of this makes absolute sense. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. Monday, they go back to the office and it's the same old, same old. And, and my sort of challenge has always been, how do we make change stick? And I think hey. the coaching model is, is absolutely the way to go. But now, Charles, when we talk about, about this kind of stuff, there is, there is a problem in our schools. And, and we're talking specifically education now in terms of the psychosocial needs of, of teachers and learners, because I think yeah. very much it's, it's been kind of left by the wayside. What happens if we don't address these issues? We're going to perpetuate a very dysfunctional system. So thanks for that question. I mean, what we're finding, even though our, orig- our real beneficiaries are still young people, we're spending more and more time doing exactly the same work with teachers because huge numbers of people who are in the teaching profession need to heal from one thing or another. Um, so if we don't, we have to look at the whole system, David. It's, you know, as you get into this work, you realize that uh, it's Pandora's box that we're getting involved in. It's not enough just to help a teenager, a 16-year-old. We need to actually look at the environment they go into. And we're finding that if we don't address teachers' needs, their own emotional intelligence needs, their own emotional wellness, they will uh, perpetuate a sort of damaging set of messages where they are sort of shaming children because that's what they received growing up. Many, many people we've found in the teaching profession carry a lot of pain and a lot of hurt, both from their colleagues, but just from the, the sort of the societal uh, sort of evolution of South Africa, which has not really put an emphasis on the sort of the positives of people and it's rather sort of said, stay down, stay down. So the simple answer to your message is if we do not address this, the system is going to devolve. Um, and there are clear signs that's already happening in places where there is no attention to people's emotional intelligence. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And more and more students are going to get them a trick in spite of their school, not because of their school. That's, that's, that's a sad, sad thought. And the problem is a, a lot of it is, is historic, as you've said, and right. that, that people, as you rightly have pointed out as well, don't take care of teachers. And this has always baffled me because, you know, we're quite happy to take our children and bundle them off to school for six or eight hours a day. And, and it becomes the teacher's problem. And, and, you know, if something's wrong, we just blame the teachers. They, they're continually getting flack. And also what happens, I believe, with, with lack of self-worth and, and self-development students themselves can can really things can turn nasty chatting to a teacher the other day and and she has all the compassion in the world but she's also said you know this 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 emotional intelligence and and self-development is leading to people getting frustrated and angry and and i think if Mm. we can address that that's a fantastic kicking off point now the lady is 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 based on on what what is your method for helping and, and, and coaching people. Sure. Um, I'm going to put it into one sentence, and that's to say that actually people's emotional needs come before their intellectual needs. You and I need to belong before we're willing to think and engage intellectually. Um, so the social and emotional needs of every student and every teacher, for that matter, need to be addressed as, in order to create a platform that is conducive to learning. That is the sort of philosophical basis on which we work. Relationship comes before knowledge. So, so I mean, when I was growing up, the big thing was, was IQ. They were testing your right, IQ. Right. And, and that was yeah. the thing by which all people were measured. 
which in my opinion is not necessarily correct. Now, EQ, so, is that a better indicator? No. I think you'll find, I wish I had the stats to back this up, but there is more and more corporations recognizing that the people who get to the top of the food chain, the differentiator is EQ, is emotional intelligence. We have enough people who can manage, but who turns from a manager into a leader are the people who can do people, who can do the soft skills better, who can connect with people. So, yeah, you know, we, I think there's an even simpler way of putting it, David. Happy people perform, unhappy people self-destruct or underperform. Oh, um, yeah, and, what yeah. and, what, and what lends itself to happiness more than anything else is that people feel they are part of something, they belong, they are, whether it's a, a, a belong to a group of friends or a school or a family. What we're dealing with is an environment where there is unlimited loneliness and unlimited fear. The South African environment is close to a zero trust environment. And what we need to do is to rebuild a sense that it's, we can be friends, that we can connect in a way that is not manipulative or that is purely defensive. And that is the basis on which we are going to actually, well, what we know from the corporate world is that strong teams deliver. If you put those same people in a team and ask them to work separately, they won't be as productive. But the question is what creates a strong, cohesive team? And more and more people are recognizing it's not people's brutal uh, sort of traditional IQ intelligence that determines that. What determines whether a team can perform well together is their ability to be empathetic, to listen to each other, to be curious about each other, to want to understand each other. And uh, unfortunately, we've got a, a lot of history in South Africa that has not promoted that. And yeah, we're still paying the dividends for that. Sadly, we are. One of the things that fascinated me about, about your program and your process is that uh, you, you work on something called the 7R framework. Yes. Talk to okay. me about that very quickly. Yeah. So if, when we are successful, and it's not, I have to be honest, not every child who wants to be part of it uh, grabs the opportunity as much as we'd like. But if they do, and there is plenty of evidence to say that lots are, they will get better at seven skills. And the seven skills, if I can remember in the right order, are relationship, resilience, resourcefulness, risk-taking, reasoning, responsibility. I'm trying to think of the seventh. But I've these, got it. these seven skills. I got it, but only because it's in front of me. It's cool. There we go, right. <laughs> reflection. The, the reflection, there we go. And they are, they are matrix, if you like. These seven skills, they're seven values, and we measure performance and growth by them. But these are the tangibles. You know, um, one, of, one of the things that uh, we have to deal with is that South Africa is still not very comfortable with things that have any sort of fluffy feel. And doing working on um, emotional intelligence and sort of soft skills feels a bit fluffy to quite a lot of people who uh, sit on the sort of all the funding and the people who can enable these things to grow and so we need to tie down what we're doing to some very tangible results and the seven r's are the tangibles we know that if you and i get good at relationship and reflection and responsibility and resilience and all these great things we know we are going to be a higher functioning human being we're going to be a more productive member of the team, we're gonna be proactive, we're gonna take charge of our lives and we're not gonna sit back and wait for things to happen. I think that is, that is an absolutely fantastic way of putting it. Charles, we, we are sort of 
approaching the end of our time together here. Uh, yeah. What you're doing is, is absolutely phenomenal. I'm going to ask one of those pointed questions, though, is in terms of the facilities that, that you make available to youngsters and to teachers, uh, yes. is, there a, is there a cost involved there? Um, we are trying to take the cost right off the table. In order that we are um, sustainable, we have a sort of blended model. So where schools can pay. So we do this, primarily our target is children who otherwise wouldn't have access to this sort of um, program. So it's township schools, our main target. But we uh, do this with private schools, uh, Model C schools, tertiary institutions. So where we can, we bring in income, which we can use to subsidize um, township engagements. So the vast majority of students, which is over 5,000 now in the last 10 years, most of them have paid a sort of total amount. And when I say total, I'm sort of talking sort of 30 rand. It's just to say, you know, put a little bit of skin into this. But for the most part, no, we are funding, funded driven. And where we can, we um, sell our skills to people who can afford it so that we can, like I say, um, bolster our, our coffers and make ourselves more sustainable. Wonderful. What an incredible uh, methodology there. Uh, if somebody's listening, maybe we've got uh, somebody listening from a corporate or they're, they're listening in terms of what they can do, do to help their child. You guys obviously would welcome uh, investors or sponsors with open arms. Absolutely. No, we, we will push the boat out and help them to fully understand how it speaks to their needs. Uh, we're very keen that sponsors don't just uh, write checks, but they get involved and they start to recognize that what we're doing with teenagers is equally relevant for their own staff. So we feel that it's actually got to be a much more authentic relationship than sometimes just a purely transactional relationship. So they can, they can contact me. Would you like me to share my details? Absolutely. And then, then of course, where we can get hold of Naledi as well, please. Sure. So they can go to www.naledishine.org and that gives them the high level uh, sort of value proposition of what we're doing. They can also find us on Facebook, which is Naledi Shine, and they can find, they go, if they put in Naledi Shine, they can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And they can find me at charles at deliver.org.za or they can call me, um, preferably not at 10 o'clock at night, uh, 073-505-4645. I'm very um, open to having a discussion with anyone who would like to partner with us and help us scale this up. Fantastic stuff. Charles Marriott, I think you guys are doing an amazing job. The website address, again, if you're looking for that, is uh, naledyshine.org. So it's Correct. naledi, N-A-L-E-D-I-S-H-I-N-E dot org, naledyshine.org. Charles, we've run out of time, but it's been absolutely fantastic. I'd love to speak to you a little bit more, uh, but thank you. And, and from all of us that are involved in uh, trying to better education in our country, uh, I think you guys are doing a great job and uh, it's an incredible program. So thank you for that. Pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks very much for the time. There we go. That was my special guest, Charles Marriott. Naledi Shine is what it's all about. A phenomenal program doing great things. Uh, go and check it out. Until next time, look after yourselves. That was The Education Show. Simply learn. Join the conversation on zibuza.net. That's Z-I-B-U-Z-A dot net.